I have literally been battling this demon of fear. Not, 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 not just, you know, I'm not talking personal here. I'm talking your demon. <laughs> and I never realized how powerful this thing was. And it has been energized by COVID. I, listen, doesn't matter where your politics are. You, do you hear what I'm saying? It has been energized, fed by COVID. And the enemy loves it. Fear. So growing up in Minnesota, once a year we would go to grandma's house at Christmas. You know, and for us, you know, nowadays people travel all over the place. Back then, that hour-long drive to grandma's house, that was the big trip of the year. How many remember how many baby boomers we got here? We didn't travel back in the day. We didn't go out to eat. Oh, I, I don't get me started. We didn't have we we had we had party lines. How many remember film? Don't get me started on cameras. Well, I mean, those, those, those were the days. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about right now. Um, so that was the big trip, Christmas. Christmas, we go to Grandma's house Christmas Eve. And, uh, but Grandma, Grandma had a basement. Now, Grandma did not have running water. Grandma did not have electricity. I remember the glow of kerosene lanterns at Grandma's house on New Year's Eve. And... Uh, if you, you know, in, in Minnesota, it's cold, even around Christmas. Usually there's snow on the ground by then. And uh, going to the outhouse when it's cold. Yeah. I mean, th th those magazine sheets that get really. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. But Grandma had a basement. Now, when you think basement, I don't I, I've never seen it. <laughs> but uh, it was probably just... Uh, Probably just a root cellar, you know, just something dug under there. I don't know. I don't know what it. I don't know what it looked like. But Grandma was very clear: we are not to go down there. I, right now, I could picture right where the door was, the door to the basement. And Grandma said, "Don't go down there because that's where the boogeyman lives. The boogeyman lives down there." And I'm wondering, you know, Grandma, why are you letting the boogeyman live down there? Does he pay good rent, or I don't know what. But I believe Grandma. I mean, she started that story little. I mean, she had nine kids. You imagine how many cousins I had. And every cousin believed it. I don't know of a single cousin that ever opened that door. Even when I walked by the door, I walked around the door. Because that door could suddenly open and a boogeyman would come out. Fear kept me out of that bait. I mean, even when I was a teenager and I knew better, you, I never opened that door. Even when I knew there wasn't a boogeyman down there, I was afraid to open the door. I left home when I was 18, so I guess I went to Grandma's house every right up till 18, and I never looked down. I have no idea to this day what's down in that basement. But anything that lives down there is something I wanted to avoid. Children often have these fears, right? You, you probably experienced it with your kids. Maybe, you know, something's under the bed. Monsters under the bed, or it's in the closet or something, right? And your, your job is to reassure them, number one, there is no monster. But, 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 but if that doesn't quite convince them, the one thing you, at least you've got to convince them is this. If there was a monster, daddy would never let that monster hurt you. I'm stronger than the, 
monster. There is no monster, but even if there was, do you think dad would let that monster? I love you. And because of that love, I would never let a monster get you. And it's that comfort that finally they close their eyes and go to sleep, and at least until next night. Amen. I don't know, you know, those are imagined fears. And psychologists will tell us that even today, a lot of, probably 90% of the things we fear are never going to happen. That's, that's, that's a statistic. Listen, 90% of the things you fear are probably never going to happen. But it's that 10% that might. So we deal, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking to everybody, if you'll be honest, that there are some fears, and some of those fears come from, come from the past. There's a, there's a little chart I want to show you from Mark Rutland in his, his great book, Courage to be Healed. I think we have that. Uh, and he's got this little this chart here, and he says the, the toxin here we're talking about is fear. Fear is a poison. Fear will spread. Fear will grow if you let it. It's a toxin. It's a poison. It's from the snake bite. It's a toxin. It's thrown. In other words, where does fear get its power? It gets its power from pain. Now, listen, that, you know, we, we could do, I mean, you could do a whole college course on what I'm just talking about right now in psychology, and I don't have that much time. But I want you to quickly understand that fear and pain are connected. And it's pain, it's actually the fear of pain. It's the memory of pain that causes fear. It's stuff from the past where you were hurt and you don't feel those pain. You, don't, you can't feel the actual pain anymore. But sometimes something will trigger that memory. And you're not feeling the actual pain it's, it's like seeing a bouquet of roses and you're thinking, oh, that, oh, that makes me feel good uh, because they smell so good. You're not actually smelling it, you're, you're, right? Your memory doesn't work that way, do you? You can't actually remember a smell. I mean, you're actually, oh, there it is. You can't bring, you can't, you understand what I'm saying? You can't literally smell a rose right now. But you visualize it and it triggers a happy feeling. And then you can actually smell it and, and be reminded. Well, 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 fear and pain work the same way. You, you, can't, you can't always actually feel the pain, but the fear mm, of it happening again is what you deal with. I, I thought of my own experience. I said, I got to give them something in my life. And mine, mine is kidney stones. I mean, I went through it just that one time, but I went through it. Because they put a stint in, and the stint was crooked, and it's like. <laughs> now I didn't actually feel it in that moment, but the memory's pretty clear. It hurt. <clears throat> so every time I have a little pain right about here, I'm like, <gasps> Oh God, no! I oh, and see, I'm not, I'm not feeling any any pain, my, but 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 it's that fear that maybe that pain will come back. I know I'm talking to some people, some kidney stone people here, amen. Now, now a little bit of fear is, is, is healthy because it motivates you. As soon as I get that, uh, get that fear, I'm reminded what the doctor told me that I was not doing. Drink lots of water. So, so fear will motivate you. Run, stupid. There's a bear looking at you, right? So a little bit of fear is okay. But when fear paralyzes you, when fear keeps you from your destiny, 
When fear keeps you from what you know you should be doing or saying, then that fear has become a spirit. Oh, come on, church. So let's look at this chart real quick. And, uh, you know, fear, uh, it's from right, the phobia. Everything's, everything's got a name, something phobia. I was watching this, this movie, this gal back in the 1700s. She had what they call now agoraphobia. Do you all know, anyone know what that is? The fear of being outside, fear of crowds. She got it. Of course, they didn't call it that. They didn't understand it. But when she was a child, she witnessed her father being hung in the front yard while she was in the house. She didn't understand it later, but she was never able to come out of a house. If she did, she would have panic attacks, and she'd have to get indoors as quickly as possible. She had a fear of the outdoors, a fear of crowds outside. Now, psychology, I just want to use this as an example to help you. Psychologists, Christian psychologists would begin to counsel with her, and here's, here's what they would say. I said, do you feel safe in the house? She said, yes, I feel safe in the house. Why do you feel safe? Do you feel like Jesus is keeping you safe in the house? And she said, yes, I, I feel like Jesus is in my, in my heart, and, and when I'm in the house, I feel safe. And they said, well, if Jesus is in the house, is Jesus in the yard? Well, if the same Jesus keeps you safe in the house, can't that same Jesus keep you safe in the yard? Now, it takes time to get to that point, but sooner or later, she, she would come to the point where she would understand, yes, 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 it, Jesus can keep me safe in the yard. You need to understand he's always with you so that you can deal with your fears. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. It, it was an anxiety disorder. Pain. Pain from the past causes fear in the present. The greater the pain, the greater the fear. Pain is the throne that fear sits on. Your pain enables that fear. I'm going to assume you're soaking this in because I've lost the amen somewhere. Am I helping anybody or am I, am I losing you? I, I don't want to get into a lot of psychology here, but it's, it's just as biblical as it is psychological. Pain is the throne. It empowers fear. Greater the pain, the greater the fear. It reigns. Fear, listen, fear reigns in your life because of pain. The, what is the, the fear is that the pain will come back. The fear is that it might be worse next time. The fear is that, you know, it's going to come back. This is going to happen. And, and, and we begin. And listen, people sometimes call fear something that it's not. They call it worry. But a lot of times worry is really just fear. I wonder if worry is always fear. Wow. And whether it came from something imagined, like the boogeyman, or it comes from something very real that happened in your life, fear is a spirit, and you can deal with your fears. Okay, I laid that foundation. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let's go to the Word. You ready? When I call a remembrance, a remembrance, okay? So there's also other things you can remember from the past. The genuine faith which is in you, Timothy, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded is in you also. I don't know that Timothy saw it at the moment, but... Paul saw something in him that he saw in mom and grandma. I'm here to tell you, I'm here to stir something up in you that I believe is in you. 
I see it in you. And if you'll stir it up, you can deal with your fears. Oh, come on, church. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Let me dance a minute. God has not. He didn't say there wasn't a spirit of fear. Didn't say you didn't have a spirit of fear. He said God didn't give you a spirit of fear. What he has given you is a spirit, say spirit, of power, of love, and a sound mind. Fear will corrupt and destroy your mind. It'll, it'll, you won't think clearly because of fear. God's given us that. So three things real quick. He says, I want you to stir. Oh, there's a couple more verses. Let's go on. Verse, uh, verse next. <laughs> but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure. No, 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 no. Second uh, Timothy 1, 5 and 6. Or seven. There, there it is. Therefore, I remind you, say remind. Here we go. He said, remembrance. Remind you. That this whole sermon is to remind you. Devil is a liar. To remind you to what? Stir up the gift. Not, not stir up your strength. Not stir up your own ability. Stir up, stir up the gift, which is not beside you, not around you. It is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I just missed that first part. You got me? How many got me? How many got me? How many got me? So we need to stir up good memories. Say good memories. We need to stir up the gift of God. Say the gift of God. And we need to pass, we need to stir up what's been passed on to us. Say that what's passed on to me. Ephesians 4 27, then watch this. Trying to get this all in. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Grace, say grace. Grace is bigger. Look at that in the Passion Translation. He has, say it generously given each one of us supernatural grace according to the size of the gift of Christ. Woo, that lays it out. That lays it out. Because here's what you got to get. You serve what you fear. No other way around that, church. You will serve whatever you fear. That's why the greatest thing, the most important thing, I think, in life, and this is weird, is we need to fear God. If you fear God, you'll fear nothing else. Woo. If you love God, you won't love the world. So you serve what you fear. So the therapy, the therapy is love. First John chapter 4, you knew where I was going. First John chapter 4, verse 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is now. So are we, not in heaven, in this, wow, seated with him in heavenly places. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. Oh, that's the truth. Those kidney stones, that was torment. <laughs> but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because 
he first loved us. Love casts out fear. The word there literally means to throw like a ball, to cast it out, throws it away. But you remember, you remember, how does that work, Pastor? Just watch this. You, you, you remember where they cast the devil out of the guy? And the devil came back seven times stronger because he never filled the space with anything? So it's not enough. How does, how does fear, how does love cast out fear? It, it casts it out, but the way it does is it, it occupies. It doesn't just throw out, it moves in. I said love doesn't just cast out, it moves in. You could just claim, now I claim it in Jesus' name, perfect love cast off fear. And out it goes, but then it comes back seven times stronger. It's because you didn't fill the place. You didn't fill your heart with the love of God. Amen. It doesn't just cast out. It fulfills. It fills. Amen. Oh, glory to God. In other words, in other words fear isn't just cast out. It is displaced. Woo! Displaced. By the love of God. Am I helping anybody in this place? Is that it? Verse 19. We love him because he first loved us. How about this? Pain is real. I'm not minimizing your pain. Pain is real. But listen, fear is a choice. You choose it. It's really weird. I was... I had a little time, I was going through the channels and just looking for something to kill some time, just wanting to find some movie. And I found an old Will Smith movie. Y'all love Will Smith. And I think that was his son in it, Before, before Earth or something like that. And anyway, they, they crash landed on Earth, just him and his son, and there was this creature there. And this creature could not see and it could not hear. Wow, I know. I shouldn't be afraid of that. <laughs> I can just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't see me, can't hear me. Yeah, I'm fine. I don't care how scary that thing is. If he can't see me or hear me, I'm good. I'm good. I can sing, dance, whatever. He, but but how, how did he hunt? Here's how he hunted. He could smell fear. And when he smelled fear, he knew exactly where you were. And, I mean, this creature was like, like, like as big as a house. I mean, it was huge. And it was, I mean, I was just about terrified. I was hiding behind the couch. I was, oh, Lord. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was an ugly creature. But it could not find you Unless it sensed fear. So his son, you know, he was injured. Uh, Will Smith was injured. I don't go through the whole movie. But, and he sent his son to go say, go to the other side or somewhere, and he had to get something to save him. And so this kid that had, he was training to be a soldier, but he had a lot of fears. And this creature found him and was chasing him and just about killed him until he found something within himself, and he just made a choice. And I'm not going to be afraid. And the fear left him at that moment. And the creature's like, where'd he go? 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 And he's got one of these super, super duper swords. <laughs> Carve that thing up like a turkey. <laughs> Amen. 
he found his confidence. He, he, he realized, if I, just, if I just don't fear it, it can't find me. Listen, your fear, when you're afraid, the enemy finds you. But when the love of God, can, can we go back to what I said at the beginning? When you got that little child and you say, I will never let anything hurt you. And the child goes to sleep. Why? Because he knows he's loved. And if he's loved, he's cared for. And if he's cared for, he's safe. And if he's safe, that monster can't get him. I'm telling you, we need to understand the love of God. Why are we afraid of COVID when we have the love of God in us? Why are we afraid of war when we've got, why are we afraid of dying? Why? You know, one thing COVID has really revealed is how scary. Scared Christians are. We're scared to death of dying. Again, I'm not saying don't be careless. I mean, don't, yeah, don't be, yeah, don't, yeah. I think I said that right. You know, don't, don't be stupid. But at the same time, we can't live with fear. And it's not just COVID. It's like I said, it's the fear of the past, things from your childhood. You know, what triggers you? I'm here to tell you he loves you. I'm here to tell you he's got his arms around you. I'm here to tell you, hey, man, that no matter what you go through, it's Psalms 23. Though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I will fear no evil. He didn't say you wouldn't go through the valley. He didn't say you wouldn't face some stuff. He didn't say you wouldn't have some dark days. He said, I'm going through it with you. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I, if we got it done, I think we got it done. You should have a little card. Uh, uh, did we get that done? We passed that out. How many believe in praying the scriptures? Not just reading the scriptures. So I, I don't know. I just took some liberty. I prayed through Psalms 23, and I wrote it down for you. And you could take that home, put it on your refrigerator, and pray Psalms 23 back to the Lord or, or write it any way you want to write it. But it's time to start claiming the scriptures and know that it, what's under the bed is scary. But God's love is greater than what is under the bed. Psalm, oh, i got to hurry up. Psalms 43 and verse 5, the first part of that, <clears throat> Isaiah 43. Did I say that right? Isaiah 43 and 5, fear not. Say, fear not, for I am with you. Fear not. Why? Why? God, why, why should I not be afraid? Because I'm with you. If you feel safe in the house, why can't you feel safe in the yard? Whew. If you feel safe in the sanctuary, why can't you feel safe at home? You say, but preacher, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't have to know what, what you're going through. Some of the monsters are real. I said, some of the boogeymen are real. But that doesn't mean you can't have the peace and security of the Holy Spirit in your life. You can still know peace, and you don't have to fear. Someone says the words fear not are in the Scriptures 352 times. One fear not Scripture for every day of the year. Let's wrap this up. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Paul just, just helps his brethren. I do not count myself to have apprehended. I haven't arrived. I haven't arrived. But one thing, say one thing. 
But one thing will help me get there. One thing will help me defeat this fear. One thing will get me through my trials. One thing will get me through this dark place. One thing, one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. The boogeyman's back there. The pain is back there. The problem's back there. One thing, one thing, I'm not living what happened back there in, in the present. I'm forgetting, amen. And by the way, the Greek there, it's not just a one-time thing. It's forget and always forget. Come on, church. It's, it's, I, listen, it's I keep forgetting. Every time the devil comes against you, I keep forgetting. Say, I keep forgetting those things which are. And reaching forward, again in the Greek, is I keep reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. Keep moving. Keep forgetting. Keep moving. Keep, listen, you can't do this yourself. I know how some of you deal with fear. We, we, we deny it. But the devil will just find another way to get it in your head. Some people suppress it, you know, just kind of bury it. But it'll bubble up. I said it'll bubble up. You can't just hold it down. Because sooner or later, something bigger will trigger it. We men are really good at compartmentalizing it. Right? We just put it in a little box. Put it on the shelf. Right, guys? We know how to compartmentalize. Your wife tells you something. You go, hmm, which box was that? Oh, yeah. I remember... I remember the Titanic, how the Titanic, and they had waterproof walls. But the the idiot engineers, in in many of the spaces, they had these watertight compartments, but they didn't roof it. (laughs) They said, well, if water gets in, it'll hold. But what if the water got so deep? And what happened was one of the compartments, and once it got to the top, it just ran over the top into the next. And that's why... The Titanic sunk. You can't compartmentalize it because sooner or later the water gets too deep. Sooner or later it overflows your little boxes. You can't avoid it because like that creature, it'll smell your fear. The devil will find you. We got to get what happened then out of our now. Got to get it out. We have this great hope. Y'all remember that old song? Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. In the verse it says, he charms our fears and bids our sorrows cease. Wow. Zechariah 4, as the worship team comes. Zechariah 4. And you need to understand, Zechariah, where is he? Zechariah is in Babylon. This is during the captivity. Are you hearing me? They're in Babylon. How many feel like you're in Babylon sometimes? <laughs> sometimes you wonder if we're still in America, right? Babylon's taking over. Where, you know, where he's in Babylon. He's not in he's not he's not home in Israel. There's no temple, there's no church. He's in Babylon. 
But Zerubbabel, the prophet, gives, he said, this is the word of the Lord, and this is the word of the Lord to you this morning. Remember I said you can't compartmentalize it. You can't avoid it. You can't, you can't hold it down. You, right? you can't deal with this yourself. Here's how you deal. It is not by power, but nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You know, I, I don't know how many times I've heard preachers preach this, and every time they do, they always yell it. He is not by my, not by spirit. Well, if it's not, then quit yelling. And they're not going to get it by your big voice. <laughs> so let me just whisper this in your ear. It is not by your might. It is not by your strength. And I'm not going to get this in your spirit by yelling at you. It is by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And then verse 7, after he says that, he says, Who are you? The mountain is Babylon. That's a big mountain. They have, they have no way to fight Babylon. It'd be, listen... It would be like living in Afghanistan today. Who are you, Taliban? Who are you, O great mountain? Who are you, fear? Who are you, weary? Who are you, pain? Who are you? Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, in other words, before the word of the Lord, you shall become a plain. I'm going to level that fear. I'm going to level it. I'm going to bring it down to size. Jesus said, if you speak to this mountain, be removed. It shall be removed. He shall bring forth the capstone with shouts. Grace. Grace. It is by grace. Who are you, great mountain? It's time you get a holy boldness in you and speak to your fears and say, who you think you are? Who do you think you are? Listen, I'm not saying your pain isn't real. Pain is real, but fear is a choice. I'm alone, but I'm not going to be afraid. I'm hurting, but I'm not going to be afraid. I don't know what to do, but I'm not going to be afraid. Fear is a creature. Fear is a spirit. The devil sniffs it out when, when, when there's fear in your, in your spirit. He's like, ah, he's attracted to it. Fear, boy, if you can remember this, fear is a choice. Fear is not the pain. The pain is the pain. You're going to have to deal with the pain. But fear is just an emotion. Am I helping anybody? Fear is a choice. And I wonder how many today would stand and say, I choose to be unafraid. And I'm speaking to the mountain in my life. Listen, you know what the mountain is. I don't have to call it out. You know what the mountain is. Fear of the future. Fear of failure. Whew. Some fear has gotten so intense it's now called depression. You've given up because of your fears. Fear of making the wrong choice. Fear that the choice you made might 
might bite you. You know, when it comes to choices, I always say that. Whatever choice you make, just make it in faith. And if you make the wrong choice, God will take care of it. But if you walk in doubt, if you walk in doubt, you're going to fail even when you make the right choice. That's, that's too deep. That's too deep. Anybody get that? If you walk in fear, even when you make the right choice, it'll turn out the wrong way.